You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schliff. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. I was really fighting through a yawn in that intro there. Holy cow. Now I just feel off. <laughs> Don't ever fight a yawn. Just just go with it. It's like I want a yawn and my body's like, no, you're not getting one now. Get out of here. Fine. Anyways, today we have got a Packers preseason game. So that's kind of awesome. Awesome slash terrifying. I was thinking about it. Because somebody posted something on Twitter, like, oh, man, I'm so excited. And somebody else was like, why are you excited? We've got an injury-prone quarterback, which I disagree with. But that's not the point. And I came to the conclusion that it's kind of like binge eating a bunch of tacos when you're on a diet. You know you're not supposed to like this, and you're not supposed to be doing this, and this is probably more bad than good, but it is awesome. And then Aaron Rodgers not getting hurt is kind of like the next morning jumping on the scale and you're only up like 0.2 pounds. And it was like, totally worth it, dude. Totally worth it. I'll do like four push-ups today. It's all good. If he gets hurt, it's kind of like jumping on the scale and you gain four pounds and you're so depressed you go downstairs and eat more tacos for breakfast. And then you're like, you know what I need? I need cake. And just, you know what I mean? Worst possible scenario. So let's just be happy and enjoy it. And um, hope that for one quarter, Aaron Rodgers can be the biggest coward on the planet. By that, I mean if, if literally anybody gets near him, I just want him to fall down. Maybe even just give the ball away. I don't know if I'm even allowed to, to reference that game anymore without having an absolute, you know, riot outside of my door. But you know that game you played when you were a kid, Smear something? And maybe you're playing against some guys that are a lot bigger. Maybe your brother and his friends want you to play with them. And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to give you the ball because I'm tired of getting hit. He should do that. Like if somebody's bearing down on him, just be like, here you go. No, it's fine. You can have it. I don't want it. You hit me, I'll sue. I don't have the ball. I swear, I will sue you. I don't know. We're just brainstorming here. I, You know, I'm sure they have a good plan in place to keep him healthy and safe. And I'm sure Mike Florio is going to make fun of him if he does that, but I don't care. And by the way, I fully intend to talk about Mike Florio today. And I shouldn't, but I also don't care about that. So with that said, the plan today, bing bong boom, um, we are short on time, so I don't know, but I'm going to try. I want to talk about what I want to see today in the preseason game because that's uh, an obligation. That's what you're supposed to do today because there's a game. But boy, oh boy, um, Mike Florio, yes, I listen to his podcast. Yes, I retweet his tweets. I know I get scolded for that. I don't really care. I figure I don't mind giving him 0.3 cents uh, when I retweet his stuff to call him a dummy. And I don't mind giving him 5 cents to listen to his podcast so that I can use it as as fodder for my podcast to, again, call him a dummy. So I do hope we can get to that. Uh, The best way to get to that, stop talking and get to the podcast. And speaking of stop talking and get to it, y'all need to quit talking and get over to draft. You know that place where they got the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever? Because I'm, I'm not kidding you. If one of my listeners doesn't win the million dollars, I will be violently disappointed. And it seems like those two things don't go together, but those two words fit together perfectly, and you're going to find out all about it. Because I've been trying to tell you. I'm just trying to help you. 
But no, you're going to let some Bears fan win a million dollars, and I am just going to be super ashamed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Draft.com currently has a best ball tournament where they are giving away $3.5 million in total cash prizes. Best ball simply means you jump in a snake draft, you draft the best players, they will put in, or at least, let me say that a little differently. They will give you credit for the players that got the most points. Obviously, they can't see the future, so they can't put in your best players. They will give you credit for the players that got you the most points. So if you mistakenly drafted Dak Prescott thinking he's going to be a freak, and then your backup quarterback, Jake DeLome, got more points sitting on his couch eating peanut butter toast, you'll get those DeLome points. And remember, for a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit, but you got to use promo code PACKERNET. That's a free shot at a million bucks by using promo code PACKERNET when you make your first deposit. Head over to Draft.com or just search Draft in the App Store. Come play free with promo code PACKERNET. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So before we get started, I just want to say shame on you if you're pushing that skip 30 seconds button. Granted, I do that for everybody, but one of my favorite jokes of all time that I just told was in that ad. And it just makes me very sad to know that about 10% of you probably heard it. (laughs) Anyways, let's do um, what I would like to see today first, because that has to happen. And then really, really try to get into um, making fun of Florio. So number one, and this is obvious, but it needs to be said, if, if nothing happens today and everyone's healthy, in a sense, it's a good day. It's going to be sad, and everyone's going to riot, and I'm going to have to get into more arguments about Rashawn Gary's going to be a bust, and he didn't sack anybody, and I hate him, and I hope that his whole family is sad, and I mean, they'll say worse stuff than that, but I don't want to verbalize it on my podcast. I hope he gains a bunch of weight and can't find love. You know, really mean stuff like that. But still, definitely number one, just be healthy. I want you to do everything at 110%. I want you to hit people really hard, I want you to take risks, and I don't want you to get hurt. Is that, I mean, I don't know why this is so complicated. Man up and stop your body from breaking down when violent 260-pound men smash into you over and over again. I, you know, I try to tell them, they don't listen. The number two thing I would like to see, if at all possible, there's been a lot of talk about the offense and and Rodgers and the receivers really just picking apart our defense. And I thought our defense did pretty admirable against the Texans. Certainly wasn't perfect, and their quarterbacks weren't great. But the point is, and I know we're still not in the regular season, so Matt LaFleur is not really going to be opening up the playbook, but I I don't care. I want to see some success through the air. And I, I don't really care if Deshaun Kaiser still can't do it and Tim Boyle can't do it. I would love for them to come out and, and carve it up. But again, I... As much as this is about entertainment and I want to have fun and I want to see the Packers win and it would be nice to know we have a decent backup quarterback, I don't think we do. I don't think we're going to have one. I want to see Rodgers do really well with our starters against a kind of defense. I mean, Earl Thomas, horrifyingly good, but he may not even be playing considering his age and his injury history and the fact that if there's anybody on this entire team that does not need preseason, it's probably him. 
But other than that, what do they got? Marlon Humphrey? It's about it. I mean, this this isn't the Baltimore Ravens defense of old, even if their entire defense is still out there. Last year, they had a lot of players that departed. Their their pass rushers are all gone, right? We got Zadarius. Suggs went to, what was it, uh, Arizona, I think. The one stud is Michael Pitt. What is with all these really young stud interior defenders all of a sudden? Seems like every team, if they've got a good pass rusher or a, a dominant player, it's some guy right smack dab in the middle. I know that's what teams want, but how do teams want things and then it just magically is... It's really weird. Anyways, so yeah, I, I want to see... Uh, and I, I you know, I want to see Rodgers just carve people up. Obviously, Rodgers to Adams needs to just be... I mean, the same as it is in training camp, where it's just like, well, that's easy. That's just obvious. Beyond that, Scantling, EQ, Geronimo, you know... I want to see this continue because the 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 worst yeah, I guess I don't know what's worse. I guess what I don't want to see is is Devante is a solid connection but we can't really get anything else going because that's going to push me toward well, I don't know that much has changed. We've got a great receiver in Adams and we don't have much else outside of that. And at that point we're really heavily reliant on this whole scheme thing working out because the whole Mike McCarthy just go win by yourself that's probably not going to work so much. If we're going to win, it's going to be based on, you know, this defender needs to cover this guy, this defender needs to cover this guy, and that linebacker is in an impossible situation, and Rodgers just has to pick the guy that the linebacker doesn't choose. Linebacker goes up, I'm going over your head, you go back, I'm going in front of your face. Right? That kind of stuff. Mismatch stuff. But either way, you know, let's let's see it. Aaron Jones, I, I think he's going to play. I don't really know. I mean, it, on one hand, you would think no because they're being super precautious, super cautious, and precautious, and all kinds of cautious. On the other hand, he he was never even really hurt. Um, all this stuff of holding him out was just because they were being super cautious and not wanting him to get hurt. So if he was never hurt and he's not even tight now, then he should play. I mean, he's got to get reps in this system. Um, offensive line, continue what you did last week in the pass game but you massively need to improve in the run game. I know this is an entirely new run scheme, and it's going to take some time, and these were never really the top run guys anyways. Right? The, the offensive line was always great pass rushers, mediocre to subpar run blockers. And now that they're being pushed to do that more and being told we have to change the way that we do this, you know, it's tough. So let's, let's see if we can take a step. Especially Elton Jenkins, who was a great pass. Well, I think the bigger thing for Elton Jenkins, don't take a step back in in pass blocking. If you're garbage as a run blocker again, but a great pass blocker for the second week in a row, I'm probably still excited. I mean, we really got to work on this run blocking thing, but just don't regress as a pass blocker, and I'll I'll get over the run stuff. Uh, Tight ends, let's see anything ever. Now, because I'm I'm biased and I just I'm I'm a fan of a certain person, I would like to see Jay Sternberger kind of step up. I know most of Packer Nation is is a huge Robert Tanyan fan. I don't have any problem with Robert Tanyan. I like Robert Tanyan. If that ends up being the best connection, that's awesome. But the most upside on this team is going to be Jimmy Graham, him having a bounce back, and or Jay Sternberger because they're just much better athletes, even Jimmy Graham at this stage of his life, than Robert Tanyan. And again, I'm not trying to be anti-Robert Tanyan, it's just, in my mind, if Robert Tanyan is, is the best guy, it's it's the same with, like, if Geronimo is our top receiver outside of Adams. It's kind of like, you know, that, that more or less tells me that it's not a great year for our wide receivers. I could be wrong. Maybe he steps up and he's, like, a top 15 wide receiver. I just think that he has a pretty low ceiling, 
And so if this is our best tight end or wide receiver or whichever lane we're in right now, it just kind of tells me that we, we certain people didn't really meet their full potential. Jimmy Graham didn't bounce back, and Jay Sternberger is going to need some development. And that doesn't mean Robert Tanyan's not going to be, you know, a good, solid tight end. I just, again, I just think he has a ceiling that I think Jace and, and Jimmy hopefully can be above. And, um, you know, for, for the wide receivers, it's just been a really good competition up to this point. I don't want to say that I'd like some clarity because clarity probably means some guys have a terrible day. I'd like the really good competition to continue to be a really great competition to the point where I really hate and don't even want to do a 53-man roster. It would be easier if certain guys would just be terrible. Right? If Alan Lazard drops every pass that comes his way, same with Trevor Davis and Darius Shepard, and it's like, all right, well, this is pretty much wrapped up then. I think we got it. But I, d- I don't want that to happen. I want everyone to go out and dominate, and I want this to be the hardest decision of, of Brian Gutekunst's life, which won't be the case, but I'm, you, know, you get what I'm saying. As for our defense, and again, I don't know who's not playing. I'm just assuming everybody is. And obviously there's a lot of injuries. Don't know who's coming back from injury. Don't know who's going to be added to injury. But first and foremost, I want this pass rush to be on point. We've been hearing a ton about Zadarius Smith and getting to the quarterback constantly. I'd like to see a little bit of that against this team. Now, again, I mentioned that this team, the Baltimore Ravens, is basically a bunch of extremely mobile quarterbacks. Not only does that make it hard to sack them, but defensive coordinators a lot of time want to dial it back a little bit, meaning you're looking a little bit more at contain than you are at just straight-up pressure, which translates to less sacks. So keep that in mind before you throw a temper tantrum. However, still be nice to see a few. And uh, Zadarius Smith, I'd like to see it for the sake of we've been hearing it in training camp, but I really just don't want it to be a training camp thing. I'd like this to be a regular season thing because if he can even be like 70% of what he's been in training camp, he's going to be a top 10 pass rusher because he's just been a freak. I mean, the fact that David Bakhtiari can't stop him is ridiculous. After that would be Rashawn Gary. I'd like a little clarity on that in the positive sense. I thought he had a good week. Um, a lot of people thought he had a terrible week. PFF was somewhat indifferent on it. Obviously, the production wasn't there. He didn't have a lot of pressure, sacks, etc. But again, you know, the, the speed and the get-off looked impressive, but the ball got out. So what do you want? Um, you know, Kenny Clark, uh, some of the other guys. We got rid of Mike Daniels, so it would be nice to see some of the other guys step up. Obviously, Preston Smith, it would be good to see him contribute. Probably not going to be watching him a ton because I'm going to be watching Zadarius and Gary the whole time. But I also think one of the most fun dynamics that I hope happens in this game is going to be Jair Alexander against Mr. Hollywood Brown. Now, I think Jair should be a lot better than Hollywood Brown. However, Hollywood Brown is just a freakishly fast um, guy. So it's it's going to be cool to be able to see what Jair does and can do against a guy like that. Because, you know, Jair's a, a veteran now. He's been around, you know. Beyond just Jair, though, these are not good quarterbacks. And I know some people like Lamar. Maybe he's going to turn it around. He did look a little bit better, well, down the stretch, not including his last game, which is probably the worst performance from a quarterback I've ever seen in my life. But the emphasis, the emphasis has not been necessarily on tackling. The emphasis, as far as I can tell, the emphasis, to my knowledge, has been takeaways. And the Packers obviously did phenomenal in their last preseason game. They've got another great opportunity to get some takeaways. I'd like to see more. Lamar Jackson is not a good quarterback. RG3, if he's playing, again, I think he's hurt, but if he's not, has not been a very good quarterback. Joe Callahan, love the guy, not the greatest quarterback. Trace McSorley, you know, 
brand spanking new, so I don't know, but probably not going to be the greatest quarterback. Take the ball away. Specifically, I feel like this would be a great opportunity for Darnell Savage to step up. I don't want to put too much on the man. He's being eased in. But the thing is, um, regular season's just in a few weeks. So the whole easing in thing, at some point, the dude's just got to start flying around and playing. And I hope he gets a lot of playing time because he needs it. Because it seems like he's been eased for a long time. And that's cool. And I'm willing to give rookies a, you know, some time to develop. But the thing is, Rashawn Gary has a little bit of time because we have Preston Smith and uh, Zadarius Smith and Kenny Clark and just a billion other guys that can kind of compensate for Gary not being perfect. Jace has time to develop because he's probably our third string, fourth string tight end anyways. So he's going to be learning under some, you know, great veterans and Tanyan who's been around a while. He's got a great crew and it doesn't matter if he's not great. And Elton's going to be a backup probably. So he's got time to develop. Savage is our starting free safety. He, he does not have time to develop. We don't have time to wait on him. He has to step up. He has to be awesome instantly. There is no backup plan. You know, we're, it's just, that's, there's nothing. Lean as hard as you possibly can on Adrian Amos and just go out and play, man. You got to just lean into this thing. So that that's a big one. Um, and then at linebacker, I just, again, a little clarity would be good. Martinez is going to be out there. Um, I don't know who's even going to be healthy, but it would be nice if Josh Jones is healthy to be able to see just, just definitively. Is it Curtis Bolton that's getting the start? Are we going to put Josh Jones out there? Um, tie some, you know, what, what? Who plays what position and what exactly is the order at this particular point in time? But uh, also, finally, tackling. Please, please. we got to be better. I forget what uh, LaFleur said. Something like 24 missed tackles for 106 extra yards or something just ridiculous. And I actually just did the math. If you add up all the rushing attempts and all the completed passes, because attempts don't matter, um, we're looking at 54 times that somebody had a football in their hands. If there are 26 missed, missed tackles, and I understand that some of the misses came on, you know, one play, but we're averaging about one missed tackle for every, what would you call it? Not play, but for every, every ball carrier. Every time somebody carried a ball, there was a 50% chance that somebody was going to miss a tackle. That's absolutely insane. I suppose maybe you could put special teams in there, but whatever. 50%. But anyways, let's take a break, and I want to see what I can get to as far as this Florio thing. I left myself a good amount of time, and I would really like to address it because the guy's really, really annoying. And although he is, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stop. We're going to take a break because I'm, I'm about to launch into this thing, and I need to relax. We'll get to it in just a minute. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So here's here's the thing. First of all, um, Florio is, is actually pretty slippery, and he's actually a pretty smart guy insofar as I remember as soon as I saw, and yes, I listened, again, I listened to his podcast, I retweet his tweets. I don't follow him on Twitter because he's obnoxious, but I'm still going to see it. I don't care that he makes a couple pennies off of me. The guy, as long as he works there, is going to be filthy rich, and they're not going to fire him because he does a pretty good job. But I remember listening to the podcast thinking I was going to nail him on a lot of things, and he's really good at covering his bases. All right, every time it's like, ooh, he's going to go there, and I'm going to, I'm going to nail him on that, he kind of covers it to the point where it's like, no, oh, I can't get him. He's slippery. Go figure, the guy's a lawyer. So <laughs> he's pretty good at this stuff. But here's ultimately, there, there's two big problems that I have. And I think the problem for the first one is because of the second one. But the the first issue is there's nothing wrong with talking about it, but the problem is the premise is wrong. And I talked about this, I think it was just yesterday. Everybody's focus is wrong about Aaron Rodgers. So we're starting from the standpoint that Aaron Rodgers is hard to coach and the standpoint that Aaron Rodgers is is unreasonable and takes shots at people and all that. And it's just, it's just not true. And so anytime anything happens... The reason this is a story as opposed to other things is because, well, Rogers is, is well, we know he's not happy and he doesn't like his situation, so this is further evidence of that thing. The problem is your initial premise is wrong. Rogers does not have a problem with Matt LaFleur. Rogers does not have a problem with this scheme. Rogers is not a hard quarterback to coach as opposed to other court. All this stuff is made up nonsense. But if you start from that as your premise, which a lot of people do, that's when you get caught up in this stuff, this this garbage number two mike florio obviously took exception to the the uh term clickbait and fake news and he really hates fake news as do all most sports reporters and i'm going to tread carefully because there's a lot of political connotations here and i know people get real sensitive but i love the term fake news and the reason i love it is because the people that hate it are the fakiest of fake news type people and that includes mike florio here is, here is the, the, my, the, the way I see the term fake news, and I know some people are going to disagree. I don't care. I don't care if you come out and say you're biased. I come out and call myself a fanalist. I'm a Packers fan, and essentially what I'm saying is here is my view from the view of a Packer fan. So if you ask me in my opinion on a national platform, I'm going to say, I'm going to preface it by saying I'm a Packers fan and this is the way that it is. That That's also true, in my opinion, in on political stuff. If you come out and say I'm a liberal or I'm a conservative and these are my views and this is my view from this perspective, it's not fake news. It's a perspective. The problem comes in when you are clearly a biased hack and pretend that you're not. And you pretend that you're giving an unbiased view. That is a problem. And when you start to twist and contort things to... Or, or to have a biased view where you only report on, for example, Aaron Rodgers having a problem, but refuse to report on anybody else having a problem, and also refuse to acknowledge the fact that you hate Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because you are a Vikings fan. I, I, I really don't care if Bears fans look at this and, and start laughing at Aaron Rodgers and the supposed scandal because you're a Bears fan, and you want it to be true just the way that I want it to be true that Mitch Trubisky is not going to be a good quarterback. In fact, I actually prefer that Bears fans want to believe that there's a problem because 
for the same reason that I'm trying to get Packers fans to, to back off on being super excited because it's just going to hurt you later. I want Bears to think that the pack. I want Bears fans to think that the Packers are just going to be the worst team in the history of the universe because when we come in Week One and absolutely smoke their team, and then they end up being nine and nine, being third in the division, nine and nine. That's not a thing. Nine and seven, third in the division, and the Packers win the division. It's just going to be the most crushing thing in their entire lives. And that doesn't sound very nice. But you know what? All the better. That's not a prediction, by the way. But it's just, just let them talk. Let them believe it. It's fine. Let them believe that things are horrible. Because then when they're not, it's going to be very disappointing to the people who are trying to hurt you. But Florio is a fake news guy. Now, he came out and made a good case about clickbait. So I'm not going to try to hit that too much. I think there's a different use of clickbait than, you know, I, I use the term clickbait for myself. My titles are very clickbaity. According to Florio, no, 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 clickbait is very specific. It's it's when you put out this crazy headline and they force you to, click or, you know, coax you into clicking an article, and then that's one of those articles where it's like next, 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 and the first few things are all garbage, and the one that you clicked on it for is buried somewhere at the end, or it just doesn't exist. Maybe that's what it was initially intended for, but I don't think people use clickbait in that term anymore. I don't know, but but the point is that's not the context that Aaron Rodgers was using, and I think we can call it acceptable to say that clickbait sometimes is just coming out with something salacious to try to get you to click it. That's the context in which Aaron Rodgers is using it. Florio knows that's the context in which he's using it. He's trying to score points because he's a lawyer and he's slippery to try to discredit Aaron Rodgers by saying he's misusing the term clickbait. I'm not clickbait. You are in the context in which he's using it. Okay, you're not that other thing where you click on it and you have next, 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 next in your article, but that doesn't matter because that's not what he's referring to, and everybody understands that. He's not implying that. Nobody thinks he's implying that. Nobody even knows that's what the term means, so let's stop being ridiculous. Well, technically, the dictionary definition... Who cares? Who cares? That's not what anyone's talking about. Fine, then come up with a new term, because that's what you are, and that's what Aaron Rodgers meant, and that's what everyone thought he meant, and that's what you know he meant. So you are clickbaity. You are trying to grab attention on on fake, salacious headlines, and you are also fake news. You are both of those things. Because, again... He's doing this over and over and over again, and he's twisting the facts, and we'll get into specifics about it, and he's doing it expressly for one of two, possibly two of two reasons. Number one, he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers, and number two, he knows he's going to make a lot of money going after Aaron Rodgers, right? I think he got a lot of mileage out of, and, and maybe this has nothing to do with his dislike of the Packers. He just got a ton of mileage out of out of Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, calling out Florio three years ago or whatever it was. I think he called him an idiot. I don't know, but I know he says I don't listen to that that crap or something. And it got Florio a ton of attention, and he's just he's soaking it up, and he's basically he's poking Aaron Rodgers, trying to trying to bait him into a fight. All these guys do it. They they and I I, I don't think I could do it, man. I, I just I'm not that way. Not necessarily because I would hate a fight with a player, but the constant vitriol from the fans and and the hatred, and especially when I'm I'm just straight up lying, and I, I know I can't defend myself. I mean, can you imagine being Colin Coward and hearing people bring up Baker Mayfield and how dumb he was talking about, I don't like that, I don't like that. He just, he blasted him, but he keeps going after Baker because he got a ton of mileage out of out of going after him, even though Baker made him look like a complete dummy. Yeah, our band is over there and our fan section is over there. I was celebrating with him. Also, I celebrated with my team on every single other play. Yeah, well, I don't like that. 
Dude, get you lost. Checkmate in one sentence. He just absolutely obliterated you on your own show. But he keeps going back. So, I, again, we're, we're pretty short on time here, but I kind of want to do a point-by-point point thing. And if you listen to the podcast, and I don't care if you do, obviously, it starts at about 20 minutes in. It's PFT Live with Mike Florio. 20 minutes in is where it starts. And the very first thing he says is, well, I'm trying not to get into it with Aaron Rodgers. I'm trying to just let him vent, but three different times over three days or whatever, he just keeps coming at me. So if he's going to keep banging his stupid drum, as he says, then I'm going to bang my stupid drum. First of all, dumb-dumb, to imply that Aaron Rodgers is starting this fight is insane. There is no conflict. There is no problem. And Aaron Rodgers has to answer questions about this every single day. And this is a problem that you, in part, brought up. Granted, it was mostly the Bleacher Report article that started this whole thing. And it was a little bit before that because Aaron Rodgers was in a bad mood last year. But this year, everything's been great. He's been in a fantastic mood. There is no conflict between him and his players, him and his coach. There's no problem whatsoever. And Mike Florio is leading the charge on making sure that he continues to push the narrative that there is a problem in Green Bay, there is a problem with Aaron Rodgers, there is discord in the locker room between him and his head coach. And that's not true. He is creating a fake narrative. He is he is pushing a lie. And then as a result, he has to answer questions. So he's not banging a drum. You are pushing a narrative that isn't true. And the media is asking him questions. And he's answering those questions. That's what's happening. And now we got Florio starting off this whole thing like, look, he won't stop coming at me. So I got to go after him now. Okay, dude, go ahead and play the victim. That's cool. Beyond that, he, he just launches into this, and it's I'm sure it's a very lawyery thing, right? He's laying the groundwork and all this stuff, but it's just it's just a lot of blah blah blah, right? He's this is the thing. He's he's skirting around the issue. He's slowly you know working his way in, and he's just building up all these this this fake garbage that nobody cares about. He understands that this is a for-profit business. Blah blah blah. blah. Dude, get to the point. And then Florio goes on, and this is an area where Florio's kind of right because the title isn't misleading, right? The the titles of the, the titles are inaccurate, but they accurately describe the article, which is inaccurate, right? And I don't even know what the titles are, but for example, if, so, so this is the disconnect. Florio's laying out an argument saying, you're wrong if you're saying that I'm, I'm using misleading titles to try to get clicks, because I'm not. The, the title is meant to accurately describe what the article's about, and that's all I'm doing, and saying that I'm doing anything other is a lie. Technically, that's true. Here's the problem. Your entire story is a lie. The whole thing is fabricated and made up. So if your story is made up and your title accurately describes what your story is about, then I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is being completely untruthful to say that you're coming up with garbage headlines to try to get clicks. I mean, to take it to its extreme, to try to, to illustrate my point, if I, as a Packers fan, wrote an article that said, Matt Nagy, not a fan of Mitch Trubisky, and the article itself was about how Matt Nagy doesn't really care for Mitch Trubisky, and it, it doesn't really blah, 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 blah. And there's little threads of, of truth about things that Nagy has said or things that Nagy has done in the past or guys that he's worked with in the past that he said he liked, that maybe they're, they're different than Trubisky, therefore he probably doesn't like his skill set or whatever I did to try to twist it to make it seem as though he doesn't like Trubisky and his style and isn't a big fan of him and Trubisky's going to be garbage. And then, and then Nagy calls me out and Trubisky calls me out and they're like, this guy is, is a fake, he's a fraud, he's making this stuff up and he's just trying to get some clickbaity stuff to try to get clicks and generate revenue. 
and I come out and say, whoa, excuse me, how are you going to call that title clickbait? All a, all a title is supposed to do is accurately describe the article. That's exactly what I did. So calling it clickbait is a lie. You are a liar. That is slander. How dare you? Again, Florio's slippery because he's technically correct, but he's still full of, full of garbage. He's, he's, this is nonsense. The initial premise is the fact that you keep hammering Aaron Rodgers because you know it's going to make you money from a bunch of angry Packer fans, and it's all the drama from people who hate Aaron Rodgers that want it to be true, that want to see it, and it's everybody that just thinks that this is real because you've created this fake reality that doesn't exist, and people do think it's real. So when they find out that there's more info, it becomes like this soap opera, like, ooh, let's see what the latest is on this big soap opera, which is fake to begin with. But yes, you're correct, Mike, that the title is, is, is accurate. It's also still clickbait. It's also still fake news. Continue. And I'm not playing it because I don't want to get in trouble. I'm sure most of the time, and I've had people send me clips, like big national people, like, hey, play my stuff or whatever. So typically they don't mind, but without permission, this will be the one time that it gets back to Florio and he decides to sue me and completely wipes me out, whatever, because I'm not doing it in a positive light. So I'm not going to play any of his stuff. But I'm, I'm just going through it point by point, trying to explain as best as I can what he said and why it's wrong. So then he launches into this thing where here's the real problem. Aaron Rodgers wants to be able to do whatever he wants, and he doesn't like to be called out on it. And the reason he's getting all upset, the reason he's coming after me is that I'm calling him out. I'm speaking truth to power, and he doesn't like it. Just like those two other guys who said that he's not a very good leader, and, and he, he got mad about that too. No. No, that's not the case. Now, listen, again, there might be a half-truth in here that Aaron Rodgers doesn't like being called out, just like Florio doesn't like being called out, like Brady doesn't like being called out, like I'm sure Devontae and you and your mom and everybody don't like getting called out. And like most people, yeah, if you call him out, he's going to defend himself. Again, though, here's the part that's being left out. I think he's done a very good job of defending himself. For everybody that's come out and said he's not a bad leader, there's been four or five other players that have come out and said he's a very good leader. For everyone that said he's not a good friend and didn't call me and all this stuff, there's a bunch of people saying that he was a good friend and did call. Right, Jermichael Finley saying he's not a good leader and Aaron Rodgers following that up with, oh, that's interesting. I felt like maybe me showing up and sitting by your bed when you got hurt after that football game was good leadership and, and, good for, and being a friend, but, you know, maybe not so much. I don't know, whatever. And again, even the other players, fine, that's their perspective. People fall out, right? Some people, like, for example, at my job right now, had a pretty uncomfortable thing happen two days ago where somebody who was recently promoted to the lead got called out by somebody else saying he wasn't a very good leader. I disagree. I think he is a, doing a good job. But the particular person didn't like getting called out, got upset, and said he wasn't a very good leader. Agree to disagree, I suppose. So it is possible that maybe they're not lying, they just have a different perspective. But Florio trying to shimmy his way in here and being like, yeah, guys, us, right, we see it. And then, then, then. You, you see nothing. You see articles that have all been completely debunked. And now you are, try you are basically the only one left trying to make something out of nothing. You are the lone person in the midst of nothing but constant positives coming out, trying to pick individual little things out to make it into something that it's not, while at the exact same time refusing to do it about other players that are doing the exact same thing as Aaron Rodgers. And his whole premise for that, because he, he even brings that up, because again, he covers his bases, he's very good at this. He knows that one of his blind spots, one of his weak spots, is the fact that you just had, I think it was what, T.Y. Hilton come out and say, look... I don't like these things either. 
that works against him. So what does he do? He comes out and says, look, I know that there's other people doing it. Here's the thing. They don't have a track record. Neither does either Aaron Rodgers, dummy, because you're making this whole thing up. Again, it would be like if I kept hammering Mitch Trubisky and being like, look, he's trash. His own coach doesn't even like him. And then something else happens, and it's like, look, I'm not going to comment on that. That was a one-off. It happens. I'm sure it happens. But you got to understand, this has been going on for months. No, it has not. You have been lying for months. That's it. He even goes on to say it's great to take advantage of a bully pulpit when no one's going to, you know, point back at you. First of all, that's a lie. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a bully pulpit. There have been a few occasions where he's come out and talked against people. The, the things that he's specifically referencing on this year, which we'll get to, is not a bully pulpit. It's people asking his opinion and him giving his opinion. In the past, though, he has taken shots at people. And again, Aaron Rodgers has on occasion spoke up about things that he doesn't like, which is something that people have been saying he needs to do for a very long time. He needs to step up and say, this isn't okay. People have been saying that forever. He said last year, listen, I'm getting to the point in my career where I'm just not going to take it anymore. I'm going to tell people if this isn't good enough, I'm going to tell you it's not good enough. And so despite the fact that everybody's been saying enough is enough and you need to step up and you need to start doing this and that and the other thing, When he does it, you get certain people that don't necessarily care for Aaron Rodgers and want to push a narrative saying, well, you shouldn't do stuff like that. You shouldn't take it to the media. Again, two points. Number one, that that this is a fake unwritten rule. Number two, he isn't going to the media and saying, I just want you all to know that this guy's trash. People ask him questions and he's choosing not to lie. He's choosing not to play the political games where he goes, well, you know, it's a work in progress and I think he's doing a good job and we just got to keep working on him. And then he goes back behind the locker room and, and starts chewing the guy out. He comes out and says this isn't good enough. And, and you know, to, to be even more clear, he's not commenting on people's personality. He's not commenting on people's personal lives. He's talking specifically about football. He's saying that this person needs to do better at the game of football. He needs to step it up. And again, as far as nobody pointing their finger back, again, here's Florio, who's not only the victim, but is the hero in the story, who is willing to have the strength to be the one man to stand up and point back at this bully. He's not a bully, and you're not a hero. Grow up, drama queen. You should have been an actress. I'm sorry, I meant actor. That was weird. I don't know where that came from. It's just, must be tired this morning. You know how it goes. Then he goes on to say, well, I was, he even talks about, well, I was just answering the question. I wasn't calling anybody out. So th- this is exactly where, and I'll t- 25 minutes and 52 seconds, go listen to it. This is what fake news is. If you want an example of what it is, this is exactly what it is. He gives an example of Aaron Rodgers being a bully and pretending that it's just, it's just him, an- it's just him answering the question and there's nothing to see here, but in reality, he's being a bully and he's attacking his head coach. He says, quote, I think I should have full freedom at the line of scrimmage to call whatever play I want, even though the offensive system from my head coach prevents me from doing that. Now, he didn't say that was a quote, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is his premise. It's based on something that's untrue. That isn't what happened. Both parties, for the billionth time, have acknowledged there is a problem with a disconnect. There is on one side a scheme that is very good, that Aaron Rodgers has acknowledged is great and he's very excited about. On the other side is Aaron Rodgers and his unbelievable ability to read a defense and and be able to dissect it and call a play that is going to manipulate it. And Aaron Rodgers, which 
Matt LaFleur has agreed with and acknowledged. And all Aaron Rodgers is doing is explaining this thing that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are both working through. And that is Aaron Rodgers saying, listen, I've got 11 years of experience of being able to do what not a lot of people can do. And I don't think you should turn that off. And again, Matt LaFleur says he's right. And he's because he's right about that. And again, Aaron Rodgers acknowledges he likes the scheme. He's excited about the scheme. We need to bring these two things together. Aaron Rodgers has since elaborated, unnecessarily so, but to appease the people like Mike Florio, which he shouldn't have to do, but he's doing, gone on to explain that he understands who is in charge, and that is Matt LaFleur. So there is a disconnect between two things that are absolutely true, and Aaron Rodgers is correct about this, and Matt LaFleur has acknowledged he's correct about this, and they're working on bringing these two truths together into one system. That is not a scandal, Mike Florio. That is not a shot. That is an explanation of a reality that is not hidden behind closed doors. It is not Aaron Rodgers pushing and forcing, I want this and I demand it. That's not true. That's never been true. That is a made-up narrative by people like Mike Florio, who want this to be a thing, but it's clearly not a thing. And he shortly thereafter references the Tyler Dunn article, because again, this is his entire premise. So he's, and this is the thing. People that believe this stuff use Tyler Dunn as the reference point, and they read everything through that article. Problem is, the article's dumb. And, and, and as a result, and even if it's true, it doesn't matter. Even if everything in that true is, 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 even if every single word of that is entirely true, you're still trying to read every situation through the context of Aaron Rodgers is just an insufferable person, everybody hates him, and he's constantly throwing his weight around. So every little thing we see, we got to force that to be the issue. And again, I don't know if, if Florio actually believes this stuff or if he's just pushing it real hard because he's going to get a lot of attention, like what I'm doing right now. And I acknowledge that, and I don't care. Because it's important to clarify these things. And I don't mind if he makes an extra dollar off of me and all the listeners that I send over there to hear this garbage. I don't care. Big deal. Let's not act like we're revolutionaries because we blocked him on Twitter. And then it then he gets into full nonsense mode. He says it got worse last week and he references the part where he comes out and says I didn't really care for that. Again, you have to just be selective. This is where fake news comes in. You're selective. You cut out 90% that would make this all nonsense. You take the 10% that proves your point, you, you put it with the other 10% to just create this whole picture that looks a certain way. The problem is look at all that 90% stuff that's sitting in the garbage. And if you put all these pieces back together, suddenly your story just kind of disappears. And the thing is, I think this is where Florio really messes up. Because he says he thinks it's fine that Roger says he doesn't like joint practice. And again, this is him lawyering, in my opinion, because T.Y. Hilton came out and said it. So he's got to cover his bases. If T.Y. Hilton didn't say it, I'm guessing he wouldn't have said this. But he says, you know what, it's fine. It's a lot of people say they don't like joint practices. No big deal. I think he had a better case with that than where he's going with this. Because his only real issue, apparently, is the fact that he says he doesn't like the special teams portion. In other words, he didn't like it in general, but then he highlights one area where one of his players got hurt, and he stands up and defends his player and says, I don't like to see my guys getting hurt. I don't want to see these kinds of things. It was way too violent. And you got the head coach coming out and saying he was right. He said, I disagree with Aaron Rodgers. So in other words, the one area where, where Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur agree 100%, the one area where Matt LaFleur says Aaron Rodgers is absolutely correct, we will not be doing that again next year, that's the one area where you're going to stick on. That's dumb. Mike Florio. By the way, when your guy gets hurt and you come out and you talk about it and say, I don't like seeing that, I don't think that was a very good decision, 
That's called leadership. That's called standing up for your guys. That's, and, and by the way, his entire reason for not liking this is not wanting to see his guys getting hurt. And by the way, he also elaborated and said, I understand that there are some benefits of this. And he also understands fully that, again, Matt LaFleur is, is the leader of this. He's the one that makes these decisions. He just doesn't care for it. And Mike Florio says, that's fine. He doesn't care for it primarily because there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of injuries. Also doesn't like taking the foot off the gas with the scheme and all that stuff that he would like to be practicing. None of this is a problem, but if there's one thing that is admirable at standing up and saying, I don't like my guys getting hurt, and especially special teams when you have the most violent play in football that is entirely unnecessary to be practicing like this in, in this context for a game that it's not even a preseason game, and you got guys getting laid out. That is unnecessary, that is uncalled for, and that shouldn't happen. And Matt LaFleur steps up and says, Aaron Rodgers is 100% correct. I don't agree with anything else. I think we learned a lot, and you know we're probably going to do it again. But we will not do that again because that was, that was dumb, and we shouldn't have done it. And we, we had expectations that it wouldn't be that violent, but we had a lot of expectations with the Texans, and the Texans showed up, and they were very violent. And so we're, we're just not going to take that risk next time. This is where Florio takes his, his – this is the most damning evidence of Aaron Rodgers. And he goes on to say, you're calling out your coach. And if you can't see that because you're a super biased cheesehead Packer fan, then I can't help you. Dude, you can't even help yourself. This is, this is weak. This is a very good, I mean, th- this is, I mean, th- this is, this is a lawyer trying to defend the indefensible. And now he's making that other appeal of, if you don't see it my way, you're dumb, which is the last gasp of somebody trying to win an argument that is pretty untenable. You must be dumb if you don't believe what I believe. That is the epitome of weakness in an argument. And by the way, nobody denies that. Obviously, he doesn't like joint practices, and obviously he understands it was Matt LaFleur's intention to do joint practices. And he's come out and said, I don't like it, and these are the reasons I don't like it. He said it to Matt LaFleur, he said it to the media. Matt LaFleur has come out with a big old smile on his face because they get along fine, because they're friends, and said, look, I get why he doesn't like it. I also get why Adams doesn't like it and Geronimo doesn't like it. And really, none of the guys like it, and I understand that. But there are certain things that we have to do that we don't like. However, Aaron Rodgers is right about special teams. We shouldn't have done that. We won't be doing that again. But us dumb, biased Packer fans with, with fat beer guts, drinking beer, eating cheese with cheese on our heads, bunch of backwoods loser morons, we're too dumb to realize the truth. No, man, I see it. Aaron Rodgers said, I don't like it. These are the reasons I don't like it. Same reason that nobody likes it. Matt LaFleur says, I know they don't like it. It's fine they don't like it. I understand why they don't like it, but we needed to do it for this and this reason, which Aaron Rodgers acknowledged. I understand that and that reason, and it's fine. I just don't care for it. However, both of them agree on the fact that the special teams thing was really dumb. It shouldn't have happened. Guys got laid out. That's unacceptable. Matt LaFleur, again, acknowledged his mistake, said we won't be doing that again. This is the issue that you're going to close on to say that cheeseheads are dumb and biased and you're the one speaking truth to power. This is the biggest swing and a miss I've ever seen in my life. This is really pathetic stuff. He says, well, you don't take it public, you take it to the coach. Matt LaFleur took it public. I mean, it's, and he starts talking about unwritten rule, and you just don't do it. It's just not true, man. I mean, look, there are some people that are super quiet. A lot of those people actually get fined by the media or by the NFL because of the media, because the needy media demands that you will speak to me. Like, what's his name going off on Jimmy Graham last year? Oh, so what? You're just gonna get fined then? I guess. All right, you got it. You you will talk to me, or we're, I'm gonna tattle on you, and you'll get a fine from the NFL. The whole, we pay your salary, bud. We're the ones that make the NFL. Bunch of self-important prima donnas. I'm so tired of it. 
But yet, if you talk to the media, how dare you? That's supposed to be behind closed doors. Says who? You don't make the rules, dummy. You're not in football. You've never been in football. Why are you talking to Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur about football etiquette? And yeah, if, if this is a really big issue, which this isn't, you probably will. And there probably have been bigger issues that have been talked about behind closed doors. But saying, I don't like seeing people get injured on, on special teams in these things, that's not great. And again, the head coach coming out immediately after saying, yep, he's right, that wasn't great. This is the big scandal? You don't do that in the public. Why? What's the big deal? There is no big deal. Then he brings up an example of, apparently in Miami, somebody called out somebody else and told him to stick to sports publicly. And the head coach called him out and said, listen, this kind of stuff should be behind closed doors. If that is the same thing in your mind, you are a moron. This is a private matter between two people. And by the way, this brings unnecessary and non-football related drama into our locker room and it creates a problem in our locker room to where these two people don't like each other because this guy's going to the media behind that guy's back do you think in any way that's happening again the full context Aaron Rodgers said I didn't like it here are the three or four reasons I didn't like it Matt LaFleur comes out and says I understand why he didn't like it um I understand all of those reasons they all make perfect sense and they're all correct However, we think it's necessary, so we're probably going to keep doing it. However, he's 100% correct about this, and we're going to move forward with that. Not because Aaron Rodgers said it necessarily, but he's correct, and he, he went on to talk about that. It's not a private issue. This isn't a private behind-doors thing. This is a question of what did you like and dislike about it. Here are the things I like. Here are the things I dislike. Aaron Rodgers, you go. Well, I didn't like much. Here are the things I didn't like. Guys getting hurt, taking our foot off the gas. But, you know, head coach makes a decision, we stand by it. Matt LaFleur comes out, says, here's the things I liked, here's the thing I didn't like. There's a little bit of overlap on the one thing Florio says is just egregious. You take that behind closed doors. But you're, you're making this into a, be a bigger thing than it is. Because this isn't a big thing. I didn't like watching one of my guys get hurt on a kickoff return. That's not a scandal. And again, if he doesn't say anything about it, how is he standing? That, that, his priority is standing up for his guys. And when one of his guys, specifically a guy who is fighting his hardest and doing a great job trying to make this team, gets completely laid out, all he did was stand up for his guy, yes, in front of the media. One of those examples, his example in Miami is something that's going to ruin a locker room. His example in Green Bay is something that is going to fortify a locker room. Not even close to being the same thing. And then, hilariously, and I'm, I'm just going to end on this because i got to go. The, the most hilarious thing ever. He talks about Chris Sims, I believe is who he's referring to. And he says, Chris Sims and I are going to go back and forth and we're going to argue about this. And then he lays into him and says, because he's completely incapable of being objective about Aaron Rodgers. Because he's so smitten with his talent. He calls him out for being basically a hack who is not able to use his his critical thinking skills because he likes his skill set. And then he goes on to say, what he's going to say to him is, "How, how would you like it if I talked about you in front of everybody? You just did! Did you not just break protocol right there? You don't say things like that, except you do say things like that. I'm sure you say things like that about Sims and a bunch of other people all the time. And again, I don't care because it's no big deal. But you're the one making up all these fake rules about protocol and everything else trying to prove your point. Nobody's making this a nobody is making this a big deal. Matt LaFleur is not upset because he didn't get called out. Aaron Rodgers is not upset because, again, everything seems to be going great. There's some disagreement, but Aaron Rodgers understands who's in charge. 
and there's disagreement from every player and every coach on every single situation. There's disagreements between wide receivers and and quarterbacks about who should have got the ball and how often. There's disagreements constantly, 24 hours a day, between a group of human beings, no matter the context. You want to nitpick this and talk about what it is he should and shouldn't say to the media. When asked a direct question, he should lie and not answer the question. A member of the media is saying this as his argument. You know they're lying because they want truth 24 hours a day. And the fact of the matter is here, they have been nothing but an open book. They have answered all the questions truthfully. And and when you look at what's there, there's nothing there. They've been completely transparent. They have said repeatedly that they get along great. Um, the Barstool guys just had Matt LaFleur on. Same thing. Everything's great. Not a lot of things to talk about there, which is why I didn't. But he said the same thing. Aaron Rodgers is not hard to coach. There's no problem. Nothing to see here. We get along great. I'm tired of answering the question. He didn't say that, but I'm sure they both are. And again, it's just a matter of answering the questions. And Aaron Rodgers even said recently, you know, he's, he's not... He's not even saying, I wish you knew because I don't care if you know. Well, then why do you keep talking about it? Because you keep asking. And again, there, there, there is a difference. And I mentioned this yesterday or the day before. There is a very clear difference in Green Bay because they're following Matt LaFleur's lead. And Matt LaFleur has been an open book. He's very open. He's very honest about everything. Guys that he likes, guys that he doesn't like. Things that he likes, things that he doesn't like. He's very open, wide open book. He's telling the media everything. And Mike McCarthy wasn't that way. And it seems as though players tend to follow their coach's lead. When you have teams with coaches that are wide open, we do whatever we want, then, then we just talk to the media. Mike McCarthy was very closed off, and I'm guessing he set that tone and probably even told the team, you don't talk to the media. Very, you know, I mean, there's, there's certain rules about what we say, and, and we keep things in-house, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? Probably he was following the Mike Florio rule. And so you had a lot of, you know, quiet and maybe a little bit more backhanded, you know, kind of hinting that I didn't like it, but not saying I didn't like it because I'm not supposed to say that. Whereas now, it's a wide open book and everybody can say whatever they want. And everything that's coming out of everybody's mouth has been positive. There have been a couple things that Aaron Rodgers says, you know, I, I don't care for. In fact, there's been one thing and it was the joint practice. And for the billionth time, he said, I don't like it, but I understand why we did it. If it was up to me, we wouldn't be doing it, but whatever. Florio's, Florio has already conceded that's not a big deal because everybody does that. Which, by the way, what? final note. Again, fake news Florio is what his name is going to be from now on. Maybe fake news Florio can explain to me why T.Y. Hilton shouldn't be lambasted on your show for calling out his coach. Because by your definition, that is exactly what he did. That should not be coming out. And it, 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 saying that everybody does it, therefore it's okay, is nonsense. No, 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 no. This is the rule. You don't call out your head coach. Whose decision was it to do joint practice? The head coach. When a player comes out like T.Y. Hilton did and said, I don't like joint practices, you are calling out your head coach. T.Y. Hilton has done something egregious, and I would expect for you, Fake News Florio, to come out and say something against T.Y. Hilton because that is shameful. How dare you come out against your coach and call him out and throw him under the bus in that fashion? He's not going to do it because, again, whether it's because he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers or because he knows he's going to get a lot of clicks and a lot of content out of this Aaron Rodgers controversy, he's going to just target Aaron Rodgers. He's going to twist reality to make it look a certain way, even though it's not, which is the very definition of fake news, which is what he is. And by the way, fake news is very, very, very profitable. It's also tearing this entire country apart and is one of the worst things happening in this country right now that is causing all the hatred that we have. It's because of fake news, because news media on on all sides of the issues are a bunch of liars that twist the truth to get clicks, to rile up a base, not for the intention of riling anybody up, but because it makes them a lot of money to do so. 
and the, and the sports media, it's not nearly as egregious because it's not going to tear the country apart, but it's still garbage, and it's still slimy, and it's still sleazy, and it's still lying and fake. You're lying to everybody. You're creating this fake thing to try to jump, drum up fake controversy and attack people because it gets you more attention, which gets you a little bit more money. It's just this slimy, sleazy, garbage thing that I just can't stand. And again, the, the, the whole playing the victim and acting as though, no, I'm being unbiased. Just come out and be honest and say I'm doing it because he just keeps giving me attention. Stop acting as though you're being objective because you're not. If you held the same standard to every other player in the league, you'd be doing this about a lot more players. You're only doing it to Rodgers because you're a hack. And you're very successful, and you're very smart, and you're very slippery, and you do have a good show. It's why you have so many listeners. It's why he has his job, all that. But again, this is, this is slimy garbage. This is definitionally fake news. That is what he is. And if he doesn't like it, then he should stop doing it. You don't like that the media gets called fake news. You don't like that term. Fine, then stop being it, and it'll stop getting used. You're not a victim. You're a hack. And a very successful one and a very rich one, and I, I admire your, your ability to, uh, to monopolize this and to monetize it. Again, very smart, very talented guy. Cool, congratulations. But you're wrong, and you know it, and I'm going to call you out on it. And that's that. And I guess we go our separate ways now. But anyways, I needed to do that. I needed to vent a little bit. And really, this is just kind of what I do. Usually I avoid these things, but in the words of Mike Florio, if he's going to keep banging his stupid drum, eventually I'm going to bang my stupid drum back. Eventually it just kind of gets to a boiling point. It's like, you know what? Let's just put an end to this thing. And usually when I say we're done, this is going to happen four or five more times because there's a cooling off period. But anyways, we'll see how it goes. I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. We got some football tonight. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.